guys. Welcome back to Handling It. I'm your host, Catherine, and as you know, I thought I had my life all figured out, and then I realized I actually didn't, but I'm handling it. And one of the best ways I've learned how to do that is to talk with others about how they're handling their own lives. So if you've been stressed out by mess and clutter and have been looking for a way to clean up your household, then this is the episode for you. Today, we'll be joined by author, speaker, minimalist, and host of the Purpose Show podcast, Ali Kazaza. Ali has centered her career around helping busy moms unclutter their lives by turning stress into success. And now she's sharing her advice and solutions for managing clutter in her debut book, Declutter Like a Mother, a guilt-free, no-stress way to transform your home and life. And it's on shelves right now. Today, Allie and I are going to be chatting about the process of decluttering, the art of minimalism, and Allie will be sharing what caused her to take charge of her home and the stressors in her life. I can't wait to get into this conversation and for you to hear from Allie, so you know what to do. Turn up the volume, get comfortable, and I hope you enjoy. Ali Casaza, you're the author of the new book, Declutter Like a Mother. And between that and also your podcast, I feel like you've had a really busy year. So how are you? It's been such a busy year. It's been like good, but weird and like lots of shifting and transitioning. Like we, we just moved across the country and we're just like trying to adjust. And I feel like it's been like six months of making constant big decisions. <laughs> Like about everything, you know? So it's just been like a really wild ride this year so far. I know moving is stressful, especially like moving sort of across the country. I mean, that in itself is like a huge huge thing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But so like I mentioned, you have this new book out, Declutter Like a Mother. Um, It really just follows your whole journey with getting into minimalism, organizing, decluttering. Um, and sort of your advice for those who are also interested in hopping on that journey. So mm-hmm. before we get into sort of the nitty gritty details of the book, would you mind for those who don't know, introducing your background with decluttering and minimalizing and how that sort of came about into your life? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, I think like a lot of businesses are like this too, but for me, everything that I'm doing in my work right now came from my own personal struggle. And I think that really makes for the best entrepreneurs and the best stories because you, like I empathize with the people that I work with. I've been in their shoes. Like I know, I know where they're at exactly. And it was probably one of the hardest times in my entire life. Maybe the hardest. It was, it was really bad. I, at the time that I kind of started to figure all this out in my personal life. So like no business, I had like a blog and I was, sharing things on there sometimes. And that's kind of what was the foundation for what became my business. But at the time I had um, three really, really little kids, like toddlers and babies. I have four now, but I hadn't had Emmett yet. Um, And so I was just in this, like, I was like in the thick of the little years and really just like had, had been struggling for a while with the idea that like, or really kind of like, I guess the truth of like, 
motherhood is just accepted as incredibly difficult, incredibly all consuming. You like are not a person anymore. You're a mother and it's just hard all the time. There's no way around it. And also at the same time as you're struggling and reacting to life instead of being present for it and like serving everyone and, and dying to yourself and, and giving up everything that you love because being a good mom means just being a mom and all these lies that we, we tend to believe. I was also being told like, soak it up. It goes really fast, like enjoy it. Like it just was like these conflicting messages and being like a young mom and being in that place had really just left me depressed and completely depleted. I woke up every day full of dread. Like I didn't even want to think about doing the day and it hadn't even started yet. And that's not like, that's not, that's not abundant life. That's not what we're here for. That's not how we're supposed to be living. That's not good. That's not healthy. And so I was just in that place for a really long time and like raising my kids in that. And it just wasn't sitting well with me. But when I talked to other moms and like other people, the message that I got was always like casual hopelessness like oh yeah like that's normal that's motherhood like don't worry about it it'll it'll go by like you'll get through it and just make sure you're soaking it up because it just like flies by and it's so sad like it it just and people will be like oh like just wait till they're teenagers if you think this is hard like just like i was so young and like so full of life and so excited about life and i had so many things i wanted to do and being told that none of that was going to happen and this just is what it is and and this is it and not only is it hard but it gets even harder like i was really struggling with that and i basically came to the conclusion that i don't want to be stuck in this and if this is what life is like as a woman being a mother that this is what it means for me then i don't want it and i'm going to find a different way of doing things and then i really just kind of had like a spiritual experience one like on a really hard day where i really just was like praying and like wanting guidance and trying to figure this out like how am i gonna like rise above what society is telling me my life is going to look like like how am i what am i gonna do about this and I really just had this moment where I saw myself kind of just going through my days, like aerial perspective over everything, so to speak. And I could see myself like just reacting, reacting to the kids, reacting at them, like snapping at them, like being really uptight all the time and struggling just to like get through each hour, like cleaning up after my life instead of living it, constantly maintaining like super mundane things like just things that no one, it's not the point of life. It's just side notes, like the house, the laundry, the dishes, like all the basic things right. had taken over completely. And that's all I spent my time and focus on because it was all consuming. And I, I noticed that and it made me think like, well, what if I just eliminated all of those things to where they were not all consuming anymore? And then I, maybe I'd actually have time for like, being the woman I want to be, starting a business, like being the mom I want to be, working on my relationships, focusing on my health and wellness. Like I want to live a big, beautiful, bold, loud life. Like I want it all. I want to have time for myself. I want to have passions outside of motherhood. I want to be the kind of mom that I want to be. I don't want to be a reactive mom. So what if I just got rid of all this excess stuff that seems to be taking up all my time? 
And it started with my physical space just because it was so cluttered. Like we have these big American houses full of stuff we don't need, use or love. And we just put it away in the closet. So it's out of sight, out of mind. And our garage is full of boxes of stuff we haven't used in years. And many of us also have a storage unit we pay for monthly that's full of even more stuff we don't use. Like this is normal. And I was in that place too at the time. So I started there. And as I got rid of things, it was like, what is this even doing here? I didn't even know we had this. Like, this is, I know I've picked this up like a million times and we haven't even used it in like two years. Like what takes up your physical space by nature takes up your time as well. So I really learned like, if you're not intentional about your environment, Marshall Goldsmith says, if you do not create and control your environment, your environment will create and control you. And I just took ownership over that because I didn't know where else to start. And from there, my health shifted, my relationship shifted, my my view of myself and my respect for and love for myself shifted. Everything changed. And I was sharing this online and like, helping other women figure this out at the same time as me. And then over the last like six years, I've really taken that, that decluttering thing and developed this whole method for women that starts with the physical home. That's what the, this book that's coming out. That's what, that's where we start the physical home, the environment first, but beyond that, like I, I now help them get into like their calendar and like their lifestyle and how things are feeling for them, the relationships with themselves and their bodies and, and their, and what's going on with your schedule. Why do you, why is it full of obligations and there's no time for any joy? Like we want to remove clutter both physically and metaphorically from women's lives. So they have time and space to focus on what's really important to them. And it all started from that time in my life. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I love hearing that story because I mean, to your point, right? Life is always going to be busy. Life is always going to be somewhat stressful and messy. I mean, that's just life. That's the way it is. Right. However, we don't need to let that messiness completely interfere into our present lives. Um, I think sometimes too, at least this is like a me thing. (laughs) I'm always looking to the future. I'm always looking at the next thing to do on my list instead Mm -hmm. of just taking a minute to pause and actually appreciate the present moment I'm in. And Mm -hmm. I think when it comes to, I guess, the idea of clutter and that sort of practice, if you will, I think when we get so swept up in that messiness, that busyness, it allows for that clutter to really enter into our lives, especially our homes. And I think, you know, what you go on to sort of talk about in the book is learning how to really separate that and make the home a haven, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's like, that's a really big theme in what I do in the book is like, so often, like typically even the, the place that people are living their lives and, and, making their memories, doing their jobs, like raising their kids, their home is it's supposed to support you. It's supposed to work with you. And it usually is working absolutely against you, making your life way harder than it needs to be requiring way too much of you just because it's normal to have so much stuff in it. It's normal to spend, you know, 
a certain amount of time cleaning and maintaining it. But what if it just wasn't that way? And you had like everything that you love and need and use and you were really happy with your space. It's not about limiting it. And I hate the idea of minimalism. It's just like less for the sake of less or less for the sake of how few things can I get by with owning? Like that's so joyless, but really just about stepping into ownership over your life, over your space, taking your power back and getting intentional about how your home is functioning with you and your family and if it's actually serving you or if it's actually really become like your enemy making things much harder than they need to be if oh, that definitely. makes sense and i mean i love in the book you talk about a ucla study on moms who use the terms use terms like messy and chaotic to describe their homes and that's so mm -hmm. sad. And I feel like I've probably done that myself. I don't have kids, but I feel like it's, it's so easy to let that mess sort of just overrun your life and overrun your household. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's such a sad thing for obvious reasons, of course, but why is that a bad thing to sort of categorize your home as this messy, chaotic place? Well, I think like, I think we all get there like like okay this is a really great example because of like where my things are at at the time that we're recording this so right now i'm down the street at a friend's house using her space to do my recordings today and three minutes away is my house and literally inside there's like boxes upon boxes there's like my sofas are stacked on top of each other wrapped in blankets like they just got unloaded from the shipping containers there's just like stuff everywhere there's dust from the renovations and the paint like it's just total chaos this is a temporary season of survival mode survival mode has its its place we enter it when we need it we enter it when we're transitioning from one thing to the next and it is temporary but the problem is a lot of people i think and probably just because i'm immersed in moms like all the time because of my job but it seems to me like especially moms especially women like we just we set up camp in survival mode because we've been told like, this is just life. This is what it is. If you have kids, then there's messes everywhere, period. I honestly, like, I don't know why anyone with the conditioning and the cultural norms around motherhood in our society, why anyone in their right mind voluntarily like decides to be a mom because we're told so many lies about how awful it is all the time. Like it's so negative, you know, it doesn't, it's not true. Like it doesn't like just to tell you and like everyone listening that may not have kids yet, it absolutely is, is programming. It does not need to be that way. It's ridiculous. But I think that we settle, we settle for survival mode in, in our lives as like, that's where we're doing life from instead of letting it be a temporary chaotic time. And it's okay. Cause we're transitioning into something really big, like my move right now. But for most women, I see that they are, that's where they're at. That's where they're doing life from. It's always chaos all the time because that is what they have decided life is for them. And so it is what you like set your intention on and you give your attention to is what will come back to your life over and over again right so if we're agreeing like well it's just chaotic like everyone's house is like this everything is like this all the time for everyone well then yeah then it is because that's what you're focusing on so if we shift our focus to how can i live the opposite of that how can i live my life in a different way how can i raise my kids a different way and do motherhood a way that really works for me and makes me fulfilled because that's not selfish 
That's the whole point. If you're happy and you're fulfilled and you're focusing on self-love and really honoring yourself in the way you set up your home and the way you fill your calendar, the way you do your work and the way you live your life, that joy and warmth that's coming into you is going to obviously spread to everyone around you and affect the world. Like this is not about clutter or things. This is like a spiritual issue, really. It goes so deep. So I think that to answer your question, like I think that it's really about the fact that so many women have settled for survival mode in their lives and are living from that place day to day. And then it goes so many years go by, they don't know any better. They don't see that it's a problem that you walk into your home at the end of a long day and those are the words you use to describe it. And that's where you just like, hang out, watch TV and go to sleep and start the next day again. Like it's, it's, you're paying, probably everyone listening is paying the biggest amount of their budget to their, to their house, whether it's a mortgage or rent, right? Like, do you even like it there? Is it even working for you? Is it supporting you and making you feel safe and, and loved by yourself and supported and everything you're doing in this world? Like you wake up every day and you work or you raise your kids or both or whoever, whatever, you know, the situation is for everyone listening, is your home set up intentionally to help you do what you're here to do? Or is it a joy suck that is stealing your time and your energy? Like it's so easy to get to that place because it is considered normal. Right. You know? And I think that's another thing too, like even just hearing you talk about just chaos and mess. I think when people think of messes, we've been trained to think like, oh, if you have a mess, it's because you're lazy because you aren't cleaning it up or it's because you're a slob or one of those things. And that's sort of what we associate it with or what we're, you know, it's been ingrained in us. However, Mm -hmm. I mean, most of the time, you know, I would assume that's not the case. Most of the time, I would assume that that mess is actually from just being, and, and especially as you were saying before, as women too, I mean, just being exhausted. And there's so much going on in the outside mm-hmm. world that when you come home, and I can only imagine with children and, and work and everything coming home at the end of the day, like you don't want to have to clean stuff up. And that mess just sort of naturally piles on you. And I think like Mm -hmm. the way you've approached this in the book is to sort of figure out like, okay, let's go room by room and figure out what is actually necessary here in our lives and learn to declutter that way. And little by little, piece by piece, I think you said like every 30 minutes, you know, every, every few times a week to just remove stuff out of certain rooms in your household. And you're literally physically removing that clutter from your life. Um, I think it's a lot of it though, Mm -hmm. um, you know, to go back to my point about sort of the stress of it all, I think a lot of it is just giving yourself the time. We don't really give ourselves the time to do these things in a day. And I know I fall victim to that trap all the time where it's like the end of the end of the day and there's laundry to be done and like a dinner to be made and you just don't even want to do it. Um, But we need to start Mm -hmm. allowing ourselves the time to um, and blocking that time off. When I think too, it's like it like decluttering and getting physical things out of your way is so therapeutic and really like it's kind of like just taking stock of what is going on, what is around you, like 
taking ownership of your space and taking ownership of your environment. We have so much say and so much control over how things feel for us in our spaces and in our lives day to day. And like, if you don't have time, like you probably, you may really not have time to do that. But if you don't, like, is that serving you? Is living that way, like, is that sustainable for you to not even have space to be in ownership over your own life? Like, that's not, that's probably not, healthy and probably not sustainable long term. So like we could talk about that. Like what are you going to do about that? How are you going to make space if you don't even have time to maintain your life? It's not working. And if it's not working, you are the only one that has the power to change that. Even if it's complicated or tricky, it can be it can be done. It's just about being a woman of action that's looking for the hope and choosing to stay in the positive space of this might be hard and it might not be working and I might not know what to do, but I'm willing to try new things and I'm willing to figure this out. I'm willing to brainstorm with myself. I'm willing to ask for help. I'm willing to admit that the reality I'm currently living in was definitely, I contributed to that. And I give myself grace for not knowing what I didn't know. And now I, I want to do better. I want to know better and do better and go a different way. So it's like, that mindset versus like, oh, like, I just don't have time. And like, so yeah, Mm -hmm. oh, well, like, you don't have time for what is important to you. What are we even doing here? You know? Yeah. It's like you said, I mean, it's really up to us. It's up to the individual to get the job done at the end of the day. And it's funny, as you were saying that, I was just thinking I had rewatched Bridesmaids, like one of the best movies ever, right? Recently. (laughs) And um, (laughs) Melissa McCarthy, it's when she's uh, giving Kristen Wiig, like, you know, the pep talk. And she's like, you're your problem and your solution. And I sort of just like adopted that into like my daily like mantra lately. You are the problem and the solution. Mm. Absolutely. And that's our, Mm. that's our power. The power, there is power in the fact that you, you're your own problem. Because if you're the problem, then you can also change it. I love that. It's funny that you said that because maybe a month ago, I also rewatched that movie and that scene where Kristen Wiig is mm-hmm. sitting on the couch. It's actually like a really powerful scene in the middle of like a, a really silly yeah. movie. And I totally remember what you're talking about. And it is so true. So instead of like, I think we just burden ourselves so much of the time when we make things so overcomplicated. And a lot of women that I work with, this is like very, very common, but I want to shine a light on it in case anyone listening and like realizes that's them. A lot of women that I work with actually secretly need the chaos because subconsciously they don't know who they would be if things were not always hard. And so they're almost using that to hide from life. So like, you, yeah, that's another example of you being your own problem and your own solution. And that is your power. And that is what you got to take back in taking ownership. It doesn't mean you have to know exactly what to do. It just means that you're, you're choosing to become aware and starting small. Like that's why I start with decluttering because it's a physical, a very simple, doable, physical change that opens the door to bigger, deeper change, like in yourself as a person, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I guess let's get into, I guess the art, if you will, of decluttering. Um, Because in the book, you talk Mm -hmm. about the fact that it's not a one and done deal. And I think that's, you know, maybe the issue with some of this too, people coming into 
decluttering or minimalism with that mindset. Like, oh, if I follow like this five-step guide, I'm going to fix my life. I'm going to not just fix the mess in my home, but I'm going to fix the mess that is my life. (laughs) Right. I think a lot of people have that mindset, but it's not like a simple one, two, Mm -hmm. three, you're done thing. It takes a lot of practice and it's something you really have to, it's something you really have to follow through with and continue with through may it be the rest of your life. Um, the more, you know, stuff you accumulate, it's the more you're going to have to declutter and, um, simplify your life. Mm-hmm. You also talk about the fact that when it comes to decluttering, to focus on the progress and not the perfection of it. And I really love that. And I'm interested as to why that's important when you're heading sort of into this journey of decluttering your life. Yeah. Well, I think like, it's so easy to get into this sort of all or nothing mentality, which is of course like a version of perfectionism. And when we, if if you don't identify as a perfectionist, it can be really tricky to, to notice it taking root in different areas of your life. So when you're subscribing to that, like, okay, I've got to do this. I know I've realized that my stuff is like totally owning me versus the other way around. I'm spending way too much time on my house and my space. I don't even like it here. Like I'm, I'm awake to this and I'm going to change it. Then you get kind of like, you get perfectionistic so easily because you're kind of like overly gung ho about it and like so determined to make things change. And then we like burn ourselves out, like trying way too hard, go like decluttering all the things, pulling everything out, making everything way more of a mess and burning out and then getting like frustrated because we didn't get it all done in a day. Like we just the, the best thing you could do when you start anything, especially something like this with your physical space, because you don't want to make it like way worse before it gets better, is to just do like small chunks of whatever amount of time you can do. Like even 10 minutes a day is progress. But if you could do like, you know, 30 minutes a day or two hours on Saturday morning every week before you go out for breakfast or whatever, like there you go. Just small amounts of progress that, that move the needle forward, like clearing out your drawers, clearing out your space, doing that therapeutic work of making more space for what's actually important to you and giving yourself the gift of more time. Because when you declutter, that's what you're doing, which is amazing. Then it's like small amounts of time and that return on investment comes back to you again and again for forever. So it is important. It doesn't matter, but it is hard to fit this in. So not getting perfectionistic and having to do it all right now or running yourself into the ground, trying to make this happen, or I've just got to do the entire kitchen this weekend. Like it might not happen. So small chunks of progress, the people in my community that focus on, you know, 10 to 16 to 60 minutes a day of decluttering are the ones that go all the way through the programs. They're the ones that their lives completely change. They go on to like have kids, start a business, like figure out something about themselves they never knew was there, that they never had that potential in them. They have these amazing stories because they just did it in small chunks that worked for them and they just Mm -hmm. kept going. Yeah. And, you know, I told you this before we started recording, I really love your approach to decluttering. Um, I think it's really authentic and it's a very real approach. Um, Sometimes like, you you know, I have social media, I'll go on and I'll, I'll see these hacks for how to, you know, declutter, how to organize whatever it may be. And you know, sometimes I think when it comes to those sort of rule books or like you had talked about before, those legalities, like you have to do this in order to 
have that like picture perfect organized room, bedroom, whatever it may be. I think sometimes I get lost in that. I don't see how that will help me in terms of decluttering, breaking stuff down, figuring out what I want, what I don't want. Um, you know, I, I just, I love the way you sort of help readers identify the problems and how they can work on a solution, not to completely like get rid of a problem. I mean, problems are always going to arise, Mm -hmm. but how to alleviate that, um, on this journey. I think that's wonderful. You know, sometimes I've seen things before where it's like fold your shirts a certain way in order to have that like picture perfect closet. And it's, I've always struggled with that because I'm like, I don't see myself doing things like that. You really focus on an approach that sort of individuals can create on their own. You give them advice and then it's sort of really up to, like we said before, it's up to the individual to make it work and make it work for their life. Exactly. And yes. And I was going to add, I think also like for some, some personalities, my own included, I like with the, with the, okay, like you're going to do it exactly like this. And this is how many things is, is too many. This is how many books you should have, how many pants you should have, you know, et cetera. And this is the way you fold what you keep. I think there's so many different personality types and so many people need structure like that, but there's the rest of us that are like more like type B and less type A that are like, I resist that structure. I don't want it. I don't care about those details. I just would rather have less crap in my way all the time so that I actually don't really need to be super organized because there's just less in my way. Like, I don't want to have to be told this is how you do it to get that aesthetic. Like, I just want things to work. And I wanna make it simple because I, I care more about running my business and changing the world and raising my kids. And I want to like, I want to adopt another child. I want to like buy a bunch of houses and have a bunch of Airbnbs. I want to grow my business. I want to create more jobs. I'm focused on that. I don't care how my shirts are folded. So for me, minimalism and simplicity is like a means to an end. It's a tool I can use to expand my life and open up more time so that I can do more of what matters to me. I don't want to hyper-focus on what the inside of my fridge looks like and how to line up my jeans in the drawer so that it looks the best or fits the most. Like I, I don't want to do that. I just want to simplify things that don't matter so I have more time for what does. Mm-hmm. And another thing, I mean, I think that's really important too, is that it's because it's such an individual process. I think when it comes to getting rid of certain items, it's difficult because each of us, we have our own attachment to certain things. And Mm -hmm. I love that you bring up um, your sort of, I guess, passion or obsession, if you will, for nail polish and how you had this huge collection of nail polish. And Mm -hmm. that was like the one thing for you that was like actually very hard to sort of, um, I guess, lessen your supply of, if you will. Yeah. Everyone has like, they're like the one thing, like every time they stop by Target, they end up with another one. Mm -hmm. Like everyone has something like that. And so it's like, yeah, like mine, mine was that. And I would just like buy like I have like every color, <laughs> like, I'd still get more. So it's it's just, I guess it's just about becoming aware like of your habits and noticing like, why do I feel like, why do I do that? And just kind of like, is this working for me? You know? Yeah. I was going to say, I guess for anybody, you know, struggling out there with, you know, who are trying to declutter and they come across 
whether it be certain specific items, um, like an outfit or, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. a photo album, something, you know, that's very sentimental, or if it's just some things that you love, if you have a, you know, a lot of people have shoe collections, a lot of people have, you know, different hats, different, like all kinds of little accessories and stuff that they love. How would you approach those certain things, um, things that have more meaning and more symbolism, if you will, than just your regular run of the mill clothes, et cetera, that you're getting rid of. Mm -hmm. Well, I think like there's so many different ways that you, like there's so much you can do with that. And, and I think like the biggest, there's a whole like chapter on this in the book and like a bunch of different ideas, but the main thing I want people to think about is instead of taking things that are meaningful and just sitting there with them, like use it. If it has meaning, then let it shine, like use it and don't just put it in the box in the attic. Like how is that making it special? So that's not always doable. Like it just depends on the item, but sometimes that doesn't apply. But a lot of the time, like people have like a special heirloom necklace or something and it's like, wear it. Wear it to wear it to a wedding. Wear it to date night. Wear it to wear it out. Like use it. If if it breaks, it's a thing. Like it's okay. The memory is not in the thing. The memories are the memories, and the thing is the thing. And if it's special to you, then let it be special and use it and and use it to bring joy to your life. But I think a lot of the time we tend to label everything as special, and by definition, then that would mean like nothing is. If everything is special, then nothing is. And you're boxing it up and putting it in the basement, and it's like. I mean, eat, eat off the wedding china, wear the necklace, like take the, the quilt your grandma made you um, and like hang it on your wall, put it on the foot of the, your bed. Like if it's falling apart, take a piece of the fabric and make something new, like do something with it. If there's memories there, like that's beautiful. Just make it work for you instead of having boxes and boxes that you move from house to house that you don't even remember what's in there. That's not special. That's clutter. Yeah. I mean, I fall victim to that kind of stuff all the time. I mean, I I just had a wedding that I had to go to and a few days before I was like, what am I going to wear? I need to go buy something for this wedding. I have nothing to wear. And then I was like, well, wait, actually let's take a step back (laughs) because you definitely have something to wear. I said, let's go up to the closet. Let's open it up, walk through and find things just like look through every single thing and find things that you haven't worn in a while. And sure enough, I found a dress that I can't even remember the last time I wore it and it fit. And you know, that's what I wore and I loved it. I was so happy. I wore it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like use it and let it shine, like bring it out to do its thing. And I mean, there are things like I have a, I have one box actually just saw it in my house the other day. So it's fresh in my memory. Just like one of those regular sized boxes with kind of like the, the lids that kind of fit together, like teeth, you know, those ones. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just like a box like that. And it's got like love letters from my husband and like a couple of little things from when my daughter was a baby girl, like things from my childhood, uh, journals, like things like that, that are so special to me. And I've pulled that box out regularly to show my daughter something or to just revisit it, or they're just so special. I don't care if I pull it out. Those are really special to me, but there's one box, not a hundred, you know, like it's, it's about getting intentional with what takes up your space means really truly deciding what is actually worth it and what is not. And if something is, is usable, then use it. Yeah. I completely agree. I feel like so many of us fall victim to that and it could be, you know, with a number of things, but 
I mean, I, I really do. I think we, we tend to just push stuff aside and say, oh, you know, we're not going to be using this anytime soon. But like you, you really, again, <laughs> you can make the time to use something if you allow yourself to. And um, mm-hmm. I, I think that's, you know, we were talking earlier about packing for trips and unpacking with trips. And I'm in the process for packing right now to, you know, for my big move uh, literally across the pond. And I'm like, all right, what am I going to need? Mm-hmm. I'm missing so much stuff. I need so much stuff. And I told you, I literally <laughs> gutted out my whole entire closet and just, I needed to see everything right in front of me on the floor. I had to look at everything and say, oh, wait, actually, you know, I do have like that turtleneck that I'll probably need or, you know, the things that I thought I was missing, I actually had right in front of me. I just needed to really open my eyes and look. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like, I think too, sometimes this happens like where it's like, I'm going to pull things out and get rid of some stuff and you pull things out and see something and you're like, oh, I actually really could use that. Like, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's fine. It's, but it's about taking account of what you have and just getting, like I keep saying, like getting intentional with your things instead of just letting it pile up and just letting it be there. You don't even know what you have or what's special or what's not. And your, your closet is so overwhelming. You can't find anything to wear. Like it's about getting out of that place. And what is intentional for you is relative. You might have like way more things in your closet than I have or way more things in your kitchen than your neighbor would have. Like it's about who you are. And that's why in the book, I talk about setting the intention in each room, like set the intent. What, who are you in the kitchen? Do you cook a lot? Do you hate cooking? Like what is in each space and what is clutter versus what's not clutter for you is going to be different than anyone else because your home is supposed to suit you and who you are. So get it all out and look at it and get intentional about what it is that you want to have and what you don't. Exactly. I love that you talk about intentionality um, in the household and really having sort of an, an, an intention for each room. I think that's so important. And one of the last things I wanted to bring up is that, you know, you talk a lot about having kids and how that can sort of emphasize the household messes, right? I mean, with more people comes more mess and more clutter, um, but it's still manageable. And I'm interested for you, you know, you said you have four kids. Um, How have you learned to sort of manage the clutter that comes along with more people, especially little ones in the house? Yeah, I think like, I think there's a I think it's a limiting belief too. That's like, Oh, well, like if I have kids, like it's just going to be a mess all the time. Like that is so limiting. And so it doesn't need to be that way. Yeah. There's more things. There's like, like I'm at my friend's house right now and she has a really little girl. She's like not even three yet. So like what is in her house and what takes up her space is different than what takes up the space in my house. Cause I've got my youngest one is six and my oldest is 12. Mm-hmm. So it's like, just different seasons and different things come in different. It's just like regular life when you have kids or not, like, what's going on and what's around you and in your space is different season to season. So it's really like about reevaluating all the time and just noticing, like, I guess my favorite question to ask myself is, is this working for me? Like, is it working for me? How the house feels? Is it working for me? How my work is feeling? Is it working for me with the way my schedule is going right now and the way I've been putting things on my calendar, like what, what is working and what's not working. And so with like having more people and having more clutter and more things, it's just like the same thing. What is working? It wasn't working for me to have three really little kids and an 
overwhelming room full of bins that were all overflowing with toys that they never even played with. So that's not working for me. I'm going to change it. It's not that it was wrong or bad or, oh, because of minimalism, we should have less because someone said I should. It just wasn't working for me anymore. So I changed it. So I think it's about what rules for life do you want to write for yourself? What do you want to subscribe to? I don't want to subscribe to hot mess mom culture and this idea that everything is just kind of a shit show, like all the time. And it just is what it is. I want to unsubscribe from that and resubscribe to something that's actually going to serve me. And that's actually positive and going to work with me instead of against me. Right. And I think back to what you were even saying before, I mean, your home should be a place that is a haven. That's a place where at the end of the day, you want to be there. That's something that you want to go home to. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think like we had talked about, that's really up to you to decide if that's how you're going to live or not. Um, Exactly. There's wonderful individuals like yourself who can provide, you know, different ways and different pieces of advice for how you can go about sort of organizing your home and organizing your life but it's up to you to make that happen at the end of the day. Uh, And that's sort of how, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you go about it in the book as well. You you're very upfront and saying, look, I'm going to, I'm going to help you. But at the end of the day, you're, you're the one that's going to do all that organizing and and decluttering. So I think Mm -hmm. with, you know, with your family unit, I think that's really something to figure out as well. Are you guys unhappy where you're at Mm -hmm. with your home? You know, is the message exactly. much? I think that those are really big questions to ask and really important ones to ask, um, but definitely necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing too, like since we've been talking so much about women and society and all these expectations and stuff, another thing that I think about a lot is when you are a woman and you do choose to have a family, so much of the time, like everything that's going on in the house rides on your shoulders. Mm -hmm. And it's like, let's remember that there are other people living here with us. Even if your kids are little, like they can still help. And as they get older, it just gets easier. Like it shouldn't be all on us Mm -hmm. there. It's too, it's too much. We're expected to do all of these things all at the same time, all perfectly. And then it's, if the environment we're living in is affecting us, well, it's up to you. Then you declutter it, you fix it, you clean it. You got to keep it up. You got to have a different schedule. Like let's pull our partners into this and put some pressure on them. Let's have the kids like own their own spaces too. And like, get in charge of, of the mess they're making. Like it just shouldn't all ride on us. So that's what I mean about like, mm-hmm. just kind of intentionally unsubscribing from the way things are or have been that isn't working for you and doing things differently and rewriting your story and how things are going for you. Yeah. I mean, it's funny hearing you talk about that. Like I remember even being little when yard sales were so big, at least where I grew up at least. And I remember mm-hmm. my parents saying like, all right, like we're going to go into like, everybody's going to go into their room and pick out what you want to get rid of what you want to give to somebody else. And, you know, they left the decisions up to us, which I think is a really hearing you talk all about that. Now I'm realizing that's a really important thing. You know, if something's done mm-hmm. for you all the time, you're not going to learn anything. And you're probably just going to end up repeating those bad habits. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I think chore charts are great, especially when it comes to, you know, having multiple people in the house, especially kids. I think all of that is wonderful. 
um, and, and helping to, you know, keep the home organized and keep the home comfortable for everyone. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it should be a team thing from day one. If it's not, then just, you can change that. It's just about shifting your family culture and, and how you guys function as a unit. Definitely. Yeah. I love everything about that. And I mean, Ali, you uh, talk about so much more of this in the book, but also on your podcast, you have your own podcast, the purpose show podcast, which is really amazing. I got to listen to a couple episodes and you explore so many different topics, um, especially, Mm -hmm. you know, with women, moms, motherhood, dealing with all of that. It's, it's so important. And I love the conversations and dialogues you're, you're starting up with that. So, um, where can people find and connect with you? Yeah, I'm glad you brought the podcast. I think that that's probably the best way to just kind of dive in, skim the title, see what stands out to you and start listening there. Because I really try to weave in like, it's overwhelming with like, what resource do I start with? Like, how do I change my life? And I want, I want what you're saying, but like, I don't know where to start. And the podcast is just a really great way to like, listen and have your perspective shifted. And then like, I always try to weave in where to start. Like, what are the action steps from here? I never just do an episode and then leave you hanging. Like, I'm going to tell you what to do next and like what the action steps are. Um, so I would definitely listen to that. And then the book, of course, Declutter Like a Mother is um, available wherever you buy your books. And I and that is like the good thing about the book is that, like I've said, I've developed this whole method over the last six years. And the book is step one. It is like the nitty gritty on the very beginning of like, where do I start? What do I do? Go get the book. Do what the book says like let it sink in and watch the rest of your life change accordingly because of the small changes that you make with that part with your space, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, I absolutely loved it. I can't wait for everybody else to read it. Like I said, I think it really, what I loved so much about it is that like I, like I had mentioned before, it really just relates, I think, to so many different people, so many different households. And I think everybody is going to, you know, find advice that they'll find useful in that book. Um, But one thing I want to ask before we go is that with this being handling it, and you know, we talked about the messiness of life, the craziness of life. What is a piece of advice or a lesson that you've learned that's really helped you handle your life? Mm, That's a good question. Um, one thing that I've been focused on probably the last, like, I don't know, maybe year or two years has been like the word flow, like just how can I bring more flow and like make things easier in everything that I'm doing? So like, even in these crazy seasons where, how can I make things flow a little bit better? Like what does ease and flow look like right now where I'm at? What does it look like to have more flow in my business? And like, maybe that looks like doing less and just being in it more and feeling more rather than just like focusing so much on like the doing and the go, go, go hustle strategy. Like maybe it looks like in my personal life, having more flow is just being in the moments with my family and feeling into everything more instead of performing and focusing on productivity and how much I got done today equals my worth, like letting go of that. I don't know if that makes sense, but that, that phrase like ease and flow has been a big theme in my life. I would say the last year or so. And that's, 
yeah, it's, it's been everything. It's been teaching me a lot of lessons and really kind of taking me to the next level and just being in ownership of my life and of how I'm perceiving things, but also letting go what I can't control and, and just, okay, well, in all of this, how could I just bring some more ease and flow into this situation, into this relationship, into this time of my life? No, I love that advice. I think that's like a really great motto because like you said, it's really easy to get swept up and making everything perfect. We try and live life according to whatever plan that we think is right. And then when we go off course, we think, oh, like it's a mess. But I think to let Mm -hmm. that flow sort of enter into just every week that you have, you know, let things run at sort of a natural pace and everything will sort of organically, you know, go as follows and it'll be all right in the end. It may not go according to the plan that you intended, but it will be all right in the end. So yeah, I love that advice. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, Ali, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me and sharing space in your platform with me. I appreciate you so much. Okay, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I took so much away from Ali's story and the advice she shares in Declutter Like a Mother. Life can be busy and it can definitely be stressful, but as Ali talked about, that chaos doesn't have to be reflected in your home. Your house should definitely be your safe haven. And if clutter is leaving you feeling overwhelmed and uneasy, then you can take control of it. Allie offers so many tips and tricks in Declutter Like a Mother, and if you're interested in learning more, there's a link to the book in the episode description below. Thank you to Allie so much for coming on, and thank you listeners so much for tuning in. As always, let me know what you thought of our episode. You can reach us on Instagram at Handling It Podcast, and feel free to send us a message and let us hear your thoughts and suggestions. I'll see you next week with a brand new episode, but until then... Keep staying safe with everything going on in the world right now and keep handling it. I'll talk to you soon.